Hello and welcome to episode 117 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Well, it's August. That means back to school business. And typically, it means exhaustion, overwhelm, and stress, especially for supervisors. Given you probably think that you don't even have time to listen to this, I want to help you better understand how important it is to manage your stress now and give you some tools to help you better navigate this month. So keep listening. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. I've talked about stress in past episodes, but I want to do a quick review of a few things to really impart upon you how important it is to take care of yourself during this crazy time. I see and talk to far too many people who believe there's simply no time to do any self-care and it's just going to have to wait until September or whenever things quote unquote calm down. But the opposite is true. This is the time you need to do something about your stress. And we'll save that discussion about whether or not things ever calm down in higher ed for another time. First things first, why do you need to manage your stress now when you're already managing so many other things? Why can't it just wait until you have more time? It's because the stress response, otherwise known as fight or flight or fight, flight, freeze and appease, is a physiological process. That means it impacts you physically, emotionally and mentally. Now, is there anything that you have to do right now that doesn't involve those things? No, I didn't think so. All of your prepping and organizing and doing and greeting and hobnobbing involves using your whole person. When you get thrown into fight or flight, your ability to think clearly, feel appropriately, and do effectively goes out the window. When you are in fight or flight, your whole person is stuck in survival mode. Survival mode is not meant for optimizing the situation. It is meant for survival. That's it. If you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, it really doesn't matter how you avoid getting eaten, how perfect your plan was. It just matters that you're alive at the end of the day. But is that what you want from August? Okay, I guess I should ask, is that all you want from August? Of course, survival will be great, but what is the point of all this back-to-school madness? Isn't it to get everyone off to a successful school year? Doesn't that include you and your team? For that to happen, you cannot stay stuck in fight or flight. More specifically, you cannot let your sympathetic nervous system run the show, or it's going to get in the way of achieving your goals. Your autonomic nervous system, so the things that automatically happen, is comprised of two parts, sympathetic and parasympathetic. And just like we've been talking about, fight or flight is the sympathetic nervous system. 
when your body detects a threat, it goes into this mode to keep you safe. And let's focus on the word safe for a minute. Safe is not about achieving all your lofty goals or being your best self. It's simply about survival. The other half of this system is the parasympathetic nervous system, often called rest and digest. We were designed to be in rest and digest most of the time. That's when our body recovers and heals itself. That's when we have the bandwidth to grow and develop. That's when we can truly be our best. Some stress, of course, is necessary to push us forward, but when the stress becomes too much, that's when the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. Unfortunately, in our society, most of us are chronically stressed. And of course, working in education in August, or whenever your news term starts, often pushes us past the brink. And again, this is not something that we can wait to manage until you magically have time. Medical research attributes up to 90% of illness and disease as being stress-related. And you may feel fine, just tired. But that doesn't mean you are fine. I've heard from far too many people working in higher ed about chronic illnesses popping up or getting worse, or just seemingly normal ailments like strep throat or shingles that they've had multiple times. That is because of stress. Pushing yourself hard for an entire month is not going to help. Now, it's easy enough, especially when you're stressed, to think, but I really do feel fine now, or I don't feel fine, but there's nothing I can do about it, so I'll worry about it in September. I mean, lots of us put off things that would probably help us be healthier. I get that. But what about all the things that you have on your plate? What if I told you that working longer and harder and letting all that stress build up is causing you to be less effective and productive? Yes, I mean, staying in fight or flight makes everything you do harder and worse. Remember, this is a physiological process. The hormones involved in fight or flight causes you to hyperfocus on whatever it thinks is the threat. That means your eyes literally have a narrower focus and your brain isn't thinking big picture. You often can't see what you normally could if you were relaxed and centered. Your ability to effectively and creatively solve problems goes right out the window. It also means when you're in fight or flight, all the new situations that pop up just go right into the, ah, oh bleep, pile. Maybe the first thing legitimately was a crisis, but that second, third, and fourth things weren't. But because your sympathetic nervous system was in control, it blew all of those things out of proportion. That's why you feel like you're always putting out fires. All of the things on your to-do list in August feel large and overwhelming because you're stuck in fight or flight, not because they are. Let me give you an example based on my own life. So about a month ago, my computer crashed. Luckily, once I got the blue screen of death to go away, everything was still there, but it would not let me connect to any network. I could not get online. And I had just cleverly put all of my files on the cloud to save storage space. So this was a big problem. To make things worse, it happened the morning of one of our summer institute group calls. Now, I had about an hour to fiddle with things, but ultimately I had to do our Zoom call on my phone. But on the phone, I didn't know where any of the settings were, and I couldn't see everybody's faces. 
It threw me off my game and made me feel very disconnected. At one point, in fact, Alicia asked, Anne, are you still there or are you frozen? And it was because it was so hard to stay engaged on that tiny screen. And that made me feel like this computer problem was an even bigger deal than before. It took about a week to get everything back up and running. But that would have been way shorter if I'd better managed my stress at the time. I was hyper-focused on my computer being broken, so much so that it took over 24 hours to remember that my mom had a computer downstairs. And I'm not even making that up. It happened on a Wednesday morning, and it wasn't until Thursday evening that it even occurred to me that I could temporarily use her computer to do some of the things I'd been freaking out about not doing on mine. The same day it crashed, I got a notification that my debit card had expired and T-Mobile couldn't process my payment. Since my sympathetic nervous system was running the show, that made it feel like a crisis. I mean, if my computer didn't work, my phone was the only thing keeping me connected to the world, right? In reality, it wasn't a big deal. I'd gotten a new card. I just hadn't updated that account. I just had to go in and change that information. But because I'd normally use my computer to do it, and I couldn't, it freaked me out. And there was another technical hiccup because I used to be a Sprint customer, and of course, T-Mobile bought Sprint. And they were finally merging everything. So when I logged into the Sprint app, they said, hey, you need to go to T-Mobile and do everything there. Okay. So when I went to the T-Mobile app, I logged in with all my Sprint information. And so it politely told me, ah, I see you're a Sprint customer. Go use their app. And I went back and forth two or three times before I just burst into tears. Now, at this point, I was losing my mind and beyond frustrated. If I hadn't been so worked up, I would have read those prompts more clearly. It was telling me I needed to set up a new account in the T-Mobile app, not just use my Sprint login information. Now, technology can be frustrating in general, so I'm going to give myself a little grace here. But my point is, if I'd better managed my stress and gotten out of fight or flight, I could have navigated the situation much more quickly. It wasn't until the next day when I decided, I guess I'll have to go to the T-Mobile store, that I started to de-escalate. A lovely individual there explained that she couldn't help me in the store, but they could online. And she was so patient and helpful that it made me calm down. That's when I remembered my mom's computer. So I went home and quickly solved the issue. Now, Contrast this, again, where my sympathetic nervous system was running the show. A few weeks ago, my car stopped working as I was driving down the highway. I was done working for the day and decided to treat myself to a trip to Costco. Suddenly, I noticed my gas pedal wasn't actually letting me accelerate. I looked down and saw my engine light was on. So I decided, well, if I can't keep going... I better get off the highway while my car still had momentum. I pulled on the shoulder and called my mechanic. When I explained the situation, the office manager said, it sounds like something broke. And I just laughed and I said, yes, that seems correct. I called AAA and as I was waiting for the tow truck, I sat under a tree and was easily able to go through the many options I had for future transportation, depending on how expensive that broke thing was. My car is over 20 years old, so I know it's not going to last forever. 
But since I wasn't stuck in fight or flight, I could easily think about all my options. I could borrow my dad's car for a while. I could purchase one if the repair was too expensive or just not worth it on a 20-year-old car. I could see all of those things. But if my sympathetic nervous system had been in control that day, like it was with my computer, I would have freaked out when my car stopped accelerating. I would have been crazy angry about the something broke comment because I wouldn't have been able to interpret it correctly. And I would have been an emotional overload waiting for the tow truck and worrying about whatever will happen to me now. Just like with the computer, I would have fixated on the car and what was broken instead of looking at all my options. Instead, I had a lovely chat with my tow truck driver about his horse on the way to the mechanics. Then I calmly waited to find out what was going on with my car instead of overreacting. As you navigate August, take the time to center yourself and get out of fight or flight so you can be more productive and creative. If you do, you'll be able to respond thoughtfully instead of reacting in the moment. It's vital for you, your team, and your students. When you don't, you're making things worse for everyone, including yourself. In part two of this August 911 series, I'll give you several tools to help you do that. I'm specifically going to talk about your vagus nerve. We'll talk about what that is and how you can use it to jumpstart your parasympathetic nervous system. But I would be a real bleep if I didn't give you at least one tool now to get you started. One indicator of fight or flight is rapid shallow breathing. I mean, if you have to run away from a saber-toothed tiger, you're going to need to get moving fast. That means quick, shallow breathing. Just by intentionally slowing down your breathing, you can signal to your brain that the threat is gone. I mean, after all, there must not be a threat anymore if you're able to take long, deep breaths. So let's talk about box breathing. And you may have already heard about this. But again, when you're stuck in fight or flight, you don't always remember the things that are available to help you. Box breathing is a form of yogic deep breathing, and it's practiced by lots of folks to keep stress under control, including the Navy SEALs, who typically face much more deadly stressors than we do, even in August. When you focus and do this correctly, it can activate your parasympathetic nervous system. And box breathing is easy to do, it doesn't take much time. You can do it anywhere. And here are just a few tips to maximize this experience. While you're doing it, you want to focus on the breathing, not all the chaos around you. So be intentional. If you can, get somewhere quiet where you won't be interrupted, even if that means hiding. Sit comfortably on the floor or in a chair. If you're able to, breathe in and out of your nose and not your mouth. Mouth breathing can trigger fight or flight because folks typically breathe out of their mouth when they're hurried and stressed. Again, imagine running away from a saber-toothed tiger. And the last tip, focus on breathing from your diaphragm instead of your lungs. Again, when you're hurried and stressed, that shallow breathing is centralized up in your lungs. So use your diaphragm. All right, so let's do some together. In a nutshell... You're going to inhale slowly for the count of four. Hold that breath for the count of four. Exhale slowly for the count of four. And then hold that breath, or rather lack thereof, for the count of four. 
And as you go through these steps, imagine each step being the side of a box. So each time you go through all the steps, you complete the square. And you want to do this for at least four rounds. So if you're in a safe space, as in not driving or operating heavy machinery, let's do four rounds together. Go ahead and pause this if you need to close the door or sneak away and take a minute to get comfortable. And when you're ready, press play again. Let's do some box breathing together. Remember to breathe in and out of your nose if possible and to breathe from your diaphragm. Ready? Slowly inhale. Two, three, four. Now hold it. Two, three, four. Slowly exhale. Two, three, four. Now hold it. Two, three, four. Inhale. Two, three, four. Hold it. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four. Hold it. Two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold it, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold it, two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold it, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. And hold it, two, three, four. Okay, that was four rounds of box breathing. And that's all you have to do. And if you focused on your breathing, you should feel more calm and centered. Remember, you can do this whenever you need to reset. Obviously, like I said, it's ideal to do it in a quiet space where you can't be interrupted, but that's not always possible. And I guarantee the Navy SEALs do it whenever they feel themselves slipping into fight or flight, whether it's in the middle of an operation or a battle. So don't let the chaos around you be a barrier. The best way to ensure your students have the best back-to-school experience which is what all this chaos around you has been about, is for you and your team to be at your best. So take the time to take care of yourself and encourage your team to do the same. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time And you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, 
or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.